In Celebrate Recovery, we say it often that one in three people coming to Celebrate Recovery struggle with some form of an addiction. Everything else is all the things around that. But I think it's important to lean into how addictions can manage and keep us stuck and keeping us from living out God's purpose for us in our life today. I'm going to talk about addictions. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast, a podcast that shares life change stories and hope and really leaning into some tough recovery topics so we can heal spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and even relationally as we walk this road to recovery, all based on the Beatitudes and Matthew chapter 5, the Celebrate Recovery Principles, where Jesus helps us to face those hurts, those hangups, and even those habits that can maybe bring some addictions, compulsive behaviors that ultimately break and harm our relationships around us. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. So good to be here with you again today. And hope uh, that you're finding these podcasts beneficial. Please uh, help support us by leaving a review and a rating on our podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, and share this with a friend. You never know. Uh, we Kind of the cool stories is hearing people walk through the doors of Celebrate Recovery because they listened to our podcast. And how cool is that? Um, just uh, reaching more people through different platforms. But hey, today, and this may be a, a series of podcasts, we'll see how far we get today. I'm flying solo again today. Uh, but um, I want to talk about addictions. And addictions, I think, kind of get a bad rap because it's it's are you one of those people that that struggles um, struggles with some addictive tendencies and and I, I just kind of want to set the table with that just to let you know and maybe give you maybe some permission to maybe take this in yourself if if you've got a family member that's struggling with addiction sometimes it can feel like uh, a behavioral thing and sometimes. We just need to stop and hit the pause button and understand that there's something uh, missing inside of that person that's addictive. And by the way, I think all of us struggle with some form of an addiction. And you may say, well, that's not possible. I don't struggle. Well, something. And sometimes that can be uh, performance. Sometimes that can be people pleasing. And I know it sounds weird to say addictions. And don't get me wrong, there's different types of addictions and some are more severe than others. But I think we all struggle with addictions in some form or fashion. And here's a cool thing to think about. When Jesus came in the form of a baby to ultimately grow into a man and ultimately pay the greatest price on the cross, he came to set the captives free. And when I think about addictions, I think there's just this picture of people being captive, that they're, they're being held captive, they're being held hostage. And, and what I find more often than not is the addict, 
not always. It's not always the case. But more often than not, the, the addict wants to stop more than anyone around them because they see the havoc that it's causing. It didn't start out that way. It This feels good, and we, we begin to consume whatever that is, and it seems to numb the pain. But then little by little, <clears throat> especially when we're dealing with substance addiction, but really with pornography, it begins to consume us. And then what we were consuming eventually is not enough. This is why a lot of times we'll see people in the uh, sexual addiction arena. They start out uh, with something very minor. And then that minor thing that they're pulling in, uh, they're just looking at uh, whatever it is. I don't want to create a trigger for anybody, but then that doesn't become enough. And then then they have to graduate to the next level and they begin to need more to be able to satisfy that, that uh, what I was consuming is not enough. And so uh, here's the thing that I just want you to kind of take in that one, and we'll talk a little bit about the wounds that, that can kind of escalate uh, the, the addictions. But in essence, I want you to just kind of wrap your mind around this. Maybe you're listening to this because a friend or family member sent it to you that there's something I can speak on a personal level with my own addictive tendencies and my own compulsive behaviors that I would fall into as a young boy. I started way too young, but there was this, this general uh, understanding as I look back on it, something was missing Something was missing inside of me and I was searching for it. I was searching for it. And this is why the gospel message, what we do in Celebrate Recovery, is such an important ingredient. Don't miss this. That's why I think Christ-centered is so important. I'm not slamming anybody else. I'm just making a point of what I see value in God breathing into my soul and my heart and my mind, my life is going to give me the very thing, the ultimate thing that my heart and my soul is searching for. And so um, that thing that we're missing, that void inside of us that's creating disconnection is actually feeding and growing disconnection as I stay in my addictive uh, tendencies. And so that's a lot of times where we'll see uh, men and women in that place of compulsive behaviors or addictive tendencies they are, they are searching for something. It feels like they're dead on the inside. And so they're looking for something. I want to talk about that more, but they're searching for something to be able to bring that dead feeling inside of them alive. Um, and I, and we see that the enemy, even back in the garden with Adam and Eve promised something that would get, give life. And ultimately, it led to death. And that is the heart of addictions. We want to experience, we want something to fill that hole in our heart, that void in our, in our heart, in our soul. And so we go searching for something. And a lot of times, the enemy throws these things out to say, hey, here's the something that will make you feel better. And guys, a lot of times, uh, what what exasperates this is we do have these wounds. We have these experiences in our life that um, because hurt people hurt people and we have people around us, we begin to experience pain. Uh, someone has dropped us. Someone has hurt us in a significant way. And, and you've heard uh, it's actually the very first podcast on this 
platform. Um, um, actually, I don't remember. It's in the earlier stages, but it's talking about the cycle. When we have a hurt that we don't uh, address, uh, we begin to uh, fall into some faulty core beliefs, uh, how we see ourselves, God, and others, and our circumstances, and we ultimately um, fall into some unhealthy habits. That's where addictions, that, that emptiness, that missing thing inside of us can lead to reaching for things that are not of God and not designed to really bring us the life to bring us from death to life as only Christ can. And so we have these things, these emotions inside of us, these hurts that we try to ignore fear and rejection and abandonment, even anxiety and feeling like we've been dropped. So it creates this heart response in this place. And I think a lot of the times this heart response is what takes us away from facing those hurts. We begin to believe that I shouldn't be feeling this. Um, I, I certainly can't talk about it. I, my only experience is that people have hurt me. And I experienced that with my stepfathers, men, especially were, were my abusers. And so I ran away and I can't tell people about this. You're going to put me in a room <laughs> with other men and talk about my pain that men caused. Um, but even way before I got to that point of even practically thinking about being in a small group, the mindset, the reaction in my heart was, you're not allowed to feel this, Rodney. You must not be strong enough. Don't talk about this. Go do something to make this feel better. And that's where that searching for something that's missing inside of us can keep us stuck. Um, we're not allowed to, to, we're not allowed to process the pain that's inside of us. And so that heart response, that reaction in the midst of the pain, whatever that is that we're experiencing, rather than leaning into the hurt, uh, we try to manage it under our own power. And that's where we start to avoid it at all costs. And I think the self-protection uh, the self-reliance space that in, in recovery language, we call this playing God. And we would never say that out loud. I'm playing God. No, but our response, our heart reaction is playing God. That's where that shame and guilt um, starts to kind of resonate in our heart. And we try to um, avoid at all costs. And when we do that, we can't help. And guys, we were not designed to face this on our own. And so what do we do? We find ourselves reaching for something that will fill that dead space inside of us, that missing void space inside of us with something that will bring life. And let's be honest, initially, it does feel like life. We begin to feel and, and, and it feels like, man, this is the solution. This is awesome. This is going to this is going to bring me the life that my heart longs for that my life is missing and ultimately it leads to death. Because what the enemy promises ultimately he doesn't tell us about those nasty closing costs and we find ourselves in some unhealthy coping strategies that we find that our relationships it starts pulling us away from God and other people. And now we're in a tough spot, aren't we? But what Celebrate Recovery does is helps us to face that hurt so that we can begin a walking through that to address those core beliefs, those lies, to address those wounds and those experiences in our life. 
uh, to give us a safe space, uh, Celebrate Recovery, such a wonderful, healthy space to be able to process pain, those trauma wounds, those experiences that have taken us away from God and others into some uh, addictions so that we can begin to maybe explore the possibility of a new identity in Christ. And so I think with that, it's understanding that, that, that this emptiness inside of us, and here's where the enemy is really cruel. <laughs> he, he thinks he's so crafty. And what makes me angry is to think about how many people he gets pulled away into some unhealthy strategies to face the hurt in their life. And here, here's the, the nastiness. He promises power. The enemy promises power. The heart, the inside of us wants to be strong. And so the enemy says, hey, you know, are you feeling weak right now? I'll give you something to make you feel bulletproof. And that's the, that's the discouraging lie that he throws at us. And so he promises that. Um, stay away from weakness. Here's something that'll make you feel strong. Or he'll throw out the enemy. will say, Hey, are you feeling insecure? That's why those core beliefs are so essential in celebrate recovery, how we see ourselves, how we see God, how we see ourselves and others in our circumstances. If we have a wrong lens, it makes us wobbly. It makes us feel insecure. And if we don't address the hurts that led to that insecurity, we begin reaching for things that the enemy's throwing at us saying, hey, I'll make you feel secure. This will take care of that insecurity and you'll feel on top of the world. You will be able to conquer the world. He even did that with Jesus, didn't he? He said, are you hungry? I'll, you know, just turn those rocks into bread. Aren't you Jesus? Why don't you just jump off this mountain? You can save yourself, right? He's feeding the same lies to us that he fed to Jesus. So in maybe that brings encouragement. Maybe it brings discouragement. But if the enemy was willing to try to tempt Jesus and yet he was without sin, do you think he would throw the, the same things at us in the trials, Jesus in the desert, right? Jesus in his own hunger, so in our insecurity, he says, I'll make you feel secure. Fill in the blank. Pornography, workaholism, alcoholism, drugs, uh, codependency, uh, control, whatever that is, we can become addicted. And again, there's different levels of addictions um, that, that we can fall into. I don't want to um, you know, make the assumption that they're all the same, but we have these, um, we have different types of addictions that we can fall into. We have the substance addic addictions. Um, and then we have some of those uh, other common kind of behavioral addictions uh, that we can fall into, like gambling or shopping or hoarding, uh, even exercise, work, pornography. And then we have the substance addictions like, um, you know, pills, uh, the, uh, or you have cocaine or meth or, or whatever that is, even misusing our, our um, medication, marijuana, all these things can become an addiction. So you have the substance addictions and then you have the um, behavioral addictions that can get us stuck. And so I think uh, just understanding that the enemy is trying to feed the longing in our heart, that emptiness, 
if you're feeling like you just don't have the strength, I'll give you something to make you feel strong. If you're feeling insecure, I'll give you something to feel secure. If you're feeling empty, how many times do we see this, this emptiness? This is why a relationship with Jesus Christ and being a part of a community in the church is so important because when we feel empty and we are disconnected from the body, then our sense of identity gets lost. And then here's the enemy. Hey, you feeling empty? I can make you feel whole. I'll make you a somebody. You feel like a nobody in your emptiness? I'll make you a somebody. And it doesn't work. Only Christ can give us that true identity. And here's the biggest one, I think, in addictions. And it did, at least it did for me, just the pain. Speaking of those trauma points, those wounds, um, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give you comfort. I'll make you feel better. Um, and so the enemy just throws these lies at us um, to keep us from living out Christ's purpose uh, for our life. I can get us stuck in this place. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break right there and continue the conversation around addictions. Uh, hope you're getting something out of this. And uh, right after the break, uh, we'll continue that conversation. Stick with me. Hey, friends, if you're looking for a, an opportunity to be encouraged, whether you're just starting in recovery or you've been around a while, uh, we want to let you know about the Celebrate Recovery Summit. Uh, it's a chance to kind of get that shot in the arm of encouragement and hope. Recovery can be hard, and it's a beautiful thing to come together and celebrate our recovery with thousands of other people. We've got limited tickets in our overflow. Our main room is sold out, but you can still join us in the overflow room and take part in the workshops. Or maybe you can't travel. Times are tough and it's expensive to travel. Join us virtually. Uh, we've got some great uh, uh, main stage talks that you can take part in uh, for a very valuable and low cost. Let's go to CRSummits.com and we hope that you'll join us in person or virtually. Uh, for more ticket information and registration, just go to CRSummits.com. We hope that you'll join us this July. Welcome back. Uh, Rodney Holmstrom uh, talking on addictions today. And right before the break, I was just talking about those lies um, that the enemy tries to <clears throat> the emptiness, right? The emptiness that we're feeling, that we're trying to fill, that something that's missing, that the enemy is trying to give us kind of some bad information to try to fill uh, that void in our lives. So talking about just the, uh, the compulsive behaviors and here's a, here's some real practical thing. And John Henderson um, talks about the spiritual side of addiction um, and there's a couple passages uh, that kind of resonate uh, in Galatians 5. If we're kind of answering uh, this uh, question, uh, and just this statement, this is such a good statement that, that John Henderson says, Whatever rules my heart rules my life. My sinful flesh is rooted in the heart, and from it proceeds the deeds of flesh. And Galatians 5 really speaks to this. Let me just read this passage. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, 
Uh, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and then one more, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. The Holy Spirit dwells in the heart, and from it proceeds the fruit of His Spirit. Listen to this. Do, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. And such a good reminder that we don't have the power within ourselves uh, to be able to face the things uh, that we're facing. So one of the things that's so powerful about Celebrate Recovery is it helps us to address those hurts. We gotta gotta create safe space to be able to process, to be able to look someone else in the eye and say, hey, I, I need help, I can't do this on my own. I need to process the wounds of my life that may have brought me here, that I may have been running from, and some of those faulty beliefs that have led me to believe to be self-reliant, uh, to be play God with my life. Coming into that space and being honest about that takes me into a new place. And what we're doing, this is why the Holy Spirit can be so powerful in this, is we allow God's word and his truth and the power of the Holy Spirit. When we are believers in Jesus Christ, we have access to a power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We have access to that. And so what we do is we invite other people, and that's a shame killer in, in, in and of itself, is being vulnerable with other trusted brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, I am addicted, but that's not my identity. By the way, if you've not been around Celebrate Recovery, this is why we do our introductions in a specific way. We say, I'm a believer, and if you're not a believer, don't say that, but we want you to understand that that your identity is not in your stuff. And that's why we start with our position in faith. I'm a believer or grateful or beloved son or daughter of the king who struggles with. Your identity is not in your addiction. It is in Christ. And if it's not in Christ, talk to us about that because this is a central component. To have access to the Holy Spirit in our addiction to be able to fight off um, the the enemy and who's trying to keep us away from him promising things that he can't fulfill. We need Jesus in our life. We need access to the Holy spirit. So if you want to hear about that more, please contact us. But, but in this space under the guides of the Holy spirit, this is why we call it the fruit of the spirit. This isn't us manufacturing or producing things uh, the Holy Spirit um, is producing fruit. And in our recovery, we begin to experience this fruit when we begin to take in the right thoughts. What am I dwelling on? And that's why we have to face that hurt and tackle those core beliefs um, to be able to identify the lies that we might believing, uh, be believing and, and, and what am I consuming? And this is why... And when I'm sponsoring guys, it's like, what are you stimulating your brain with? If you're still stimulating it with the old stuff, we need to set up some serious guardrails. And we'll do another podcast on that alone. But put up some guardrails. Make sure that you're not hanging out in the wrong neighborhood. You're not strong enough to do that. You're, you would be the only one on the planet that has the capability to do that. So put up some guardrails 
and stay in a place of wisdom, not strength. You're not strong enough. You can't do that. We can't expect to jump into the thorn bush and hope that we don't get stuck with thorns. It doesn't work that way. Stay out of the thorn bush. Now, sometimes that's a rocky road, but if we're doing everything that we can, put up the guardrails, then we can, we can reduce the chances of uh, being in that thorn bush, being in the wrong place, the wrong neighborhood. So what am I consuming? Am I stimulating my brain with the right thing? So um, am I thinking loving, joyful thoughts in my recovery or am I still dwelling on the old stuff? That's why being honest about where we are and where he's taking us is so important. This is the second component of this is what am I worshiping? Now, it sounds crazy, but sometimes we worship uh, our addictions. It, it will give us the power to, to handle what we're doing. See, the enemy's promising you know, strength. He's promising that we'll be in a place of uh, a secure base. He's promising that we will uh, take on a, a powerful identity. He's even promising comfort in our pain, but he never does that. It's, it's a big lie, and he doesn't tell us about the closing cost. But Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, as we worship him and invite him in, um, what comes in must go out. And we begin to see that, that life begins to happen in our life because he gives us the strength that we need to be able to face it one moment at a time, one day at a time as we invite other people, we invite Jesus into that. He will give us the security in Christ through the Holy Spirit, the empowering presence of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in and through us. He will give us a new identity when we begin to tackle and face those lies in our life and walk in the newness of life, knowing that we are beloved sons or beloved daughters of the King so that he can give us comfort as we mourn after that old life. He will bring us comfort as the beatitude tells us in Matthew chapter five, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. But it's mourning after that and directing my affection, my worship toward the right source, knowing that he's the one that will provide love and joy and peace and patience as the fruit of the spirit. And guys, when we do that, we begin to see new actions. We begin to see new movement in our life uh, to be able to move in a new direction so that we don't have to face this uh, on our own. And so um, as we're tackling this, we're beginning to uh, face the hurt, to be honest, not to minimize it, uh, but to face it, tackle those core beliefs that can get us hung up, be honest about the habits we've formed, whether it's a true substance abuse addiction or it's a behavioral addiction, we're going to call it what it is. And I've got to be honest with that and let people into that. That's why. And by the way, you don't share that with everyone, your full inventory, but to begin to bring more people into that, you'll find that your tolerance of allowing other people into that will begin to expand and grow. And as you do that, it begins to break down those, those barriers as we walk through this recovery process that we can begin to walk in this new identity, relying on his strength, re relying on him to help us in and through all hurts, hangups, and habits so that we can begin to 
think differently of ourselves, to begin to worship the right source, the one source that will be able to help us as we plug into him and his power. And we begin to worship the right source so that we can begin to one habit at a time, begin to turn it over to him, whether it's a substance addiction or it's a behavioral addiction, turn that over to him. Anything that's causing separation, I need to turn over to him so that I can begin to walk in that newness of life. So I'm going to stop there and we'll do another um, uh, part on this, but just wanted to kind of give you a brief overview of just addictions in general and how they can eat our lunch and just understanding kind of some core essentials of that and, and how celibate recovery can can help us face that. Uh, I'll do uh, another uh, podcast on this, but just want to give you kind of some core essentials to kind of give you some encouragement. If you're struggling with an addiction, whether it's substance or, or maybe it's a behavioral addiction, I just want you to know you're not alone in this. Uh, many, many, in fact, seven, eight million people plus before you in Celebrate Recovery have walked through this and you can be added to that list no addiction is too great. No pain, no hurt, hang up or habit or broken relationship is too great. Jesus has the power and that's step one in this process. So hope that brings you some encouragement. Please don't try to face this alone. And if you're on a substance, don't try to detox on your own. That can actually be pretty dangerous and pretty scary. So you may need some medical help to do that. So seek out some counsel for that. Hey, so glad that you joined me today. I hope you'll join me next time. Until then, God bless you.